Christmas. We welcome you all to this morning's divine service as we gather around God's holy word and receive the gift of his very body and blood in the Holy Communion. Just a few announcements for this morning. To be reminded that there will be a New Year's Eve service at 5 p.m. on Saturday, and then also next week, uh, Sunday, January 1st, there will be again one divine service on um, Sunday morning and also uh, Monday evening there will be a normal divine service at 6.30 p.m. The best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of your hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Simply go to the page, the page indicated. Uh, please note that after um, confession and absolution, we invite you to face the back of the church as we're reminded that Christ comes to dwell in our midst during this divine service. Please stand. The bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us kneel for confession and absolution. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat>
Be in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in, into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. 
He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Christmas is all about a time for families to get together, but usually when we get together, it's kind of funny. Have some prime rib, sit around and talk, play some games. We can't wait to see our family, right? We love getting together with our family. All of the Christmas commercials with everybody driving in the snow to get to grandma and grandpa's house. But as it so often is before long, we're quite ready to get away from our family. Our few hours or few days with them is is good, and we're ready to go back to our own personal spaces. They say that, right? Company is kind of like fish. Three days and it starts to kind of stink. We like our family close, but not too close. And here is where you will run face first into a problem with our God. God isn't going to accept our close but not too close policy. That's not the way he operates. Remember the Garden of Eden? God was close with Adam and Eve, and all was perfect. They didn't ever think, why doesn't God just leave us alone? They didn't ever think, isn't it about time that God just goes back into heaven? There was no too close for comfort. They were comforted by God's presence. But then Satan came too close. And after they sinned, they didn't want God close to them at all. In fact, when they heard him coming to see them, they were scared and they went to hide. And you remember God's question, right? Why are you hiding? Do you hear God's broken heart in these words? Why do his people hide from him? Why do we hide from him? It does break God's heart. It breaks his heart that sinners keep him at a distance. You stay over there, God, and I'm going to live my life over here the way I want to, and you just stay over there until I need you for something. You might remember the time when the Israelites had left Egypt and they had camped at Mount Sinai. God appeared with them at the mountain. And what did they say afterwards? They said to Moses, you go deal with God and then come and tell us what he said. We can't handle his presence. But God wants to be close to us but we want him close, but not too close. There has been a lot of study these days about the fact that young people are leaving the church quite rapidly, even in our own Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So they've done a number of studies what these young people actually believe, and there are two sociologists who've written a book about it, And they concluded that the dominant faith today was moralistic 
therapeutic deism. Now, that's a fancy word. Maybe you've heard about deism because many of our founding fathers in the United States were deists, like Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin. It was the cool thing to do in England for quite a while. A deist, or moralistic therapeutic deism, is one that believes in a God, but not the God of the Bible. They believe that, there's a good, that there is a God in heaven that created everything, but that God doesn't interfere anymore in our natural world. He just lets things go on now. Now, that was found to be the dominant faith amongst many of our young people. Not that they said they were deists, but all of their beliefs were actually deism, whether they recognized it or not. They believe in a God, they believe some God exists, but that God never really interferes with anything. That God just wants people to be good and happy. This is the belief that actually comes quite naturally for all of us. Say, sure, I believe in God, but does that God do anything in particular in my life? Well, he wants me to be happy and to be good to others. That's a nice God. But that God doesn't exist. That's our way of keeping God close, but not too close. We don't want him to be that close. We want a God who makes me happy. Like a really nice grandpa. We don't want him telling us that we're sinners or that we need to repent. That's just a little bit too close. And so just like Adam and Eve, we pretend that we can hide from him. Oh, I'll run over into the trees. God will never find me. That's not the way God works. Christmas is about God coming to find us. Just like he did in the Garden of Eden, only this time he came in a way that he would be closer to us than he had ever been before. He came as a baby boy, so entirely close to us that he came in our flesh and blood. We think of Christmas as a story about all kinds of people seeking the baby, all kinds of people trying to find him. In fact, you'll even hear the slogan, wise men still seek him. Well, that's kind of true. The shepherds, the wise men, King Herod, they all wanted to find him, but that's not the real story. The real story that God was coming to find you and me. He was coming to be up close and personal, like a little baby. Now, I know that's going to ruffle our Christmas feathers today. I know it ruffles mine. Because when God gets up close and personal, it's embarrassing, it's humbly. You mean God knows all of my thoughts? Even those deep, hidden secrets in my heart? You mean he isn't fooled by my facade that, that we show to everyone else? No, he's not. He wants to find you and me just as we are. So guess who's coming to Christmas dinner today? Revelation chapter 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him, and he with me. Jesus is standing at our Christmas door, just like in the commercial standing at the door of Grandma's house with the fancy wreath on the door. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart this Christmas wanting to come in. 
He came all the way from heaven for you. He came as a little baby boy in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. He came on the cross to suffer and die for your sins and mine. He's now standing at our door and he does this all the time. He's knocking on your door with his word and many times I know I want to say with that word, go away Jesus, I'm busy doing what I'm doing right now. Come back another time. Close, but not too close, right? There's another verse about knocking on the door that we may not like. Jesus says if we come knocking on his door when it's too late, we will hear him say, I don't know you. Christmas is God knocking on our door, getting up close and personal. He wants to be near you and me. He wants his word to enter into our ears because where the word enters, the Holy Spirit comes into the heart and enlivens faith. You can't get much closer than whispering in somebody's ear. Jesus wants to come into our ears so that he can give us clean hearts and a right spirit. God wants us to be so near to us that he places his very body and blood in our mouths under bread and wine to enter into us and forgive our sins. He wants us to depart this place in peace with the words of Jesus I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God up close and personal when everything is going well and when everything is going not so well. God up close with you in joy and God up close to you in sadness. God with you at the beginning of your life in the birthing room and God with you when you take your last breath. God up close when you are strong and God up close when you are weak. God up close to you when you're confused and God with you when you think that you know. God up close when he seems a million miles away. God with you up close when you have much and God with you when you have little. God up close with you in danger and God up close with you in ease. God with you up close in times of blessing and God in time with you in up close in times of adversity. Take away the gifts, the trees, the family, the joy, the lights, and the cards and you still have God up close. Not to scold you but to save you. Not to teach us about life but to give us life. Not to demand from us, but to give from us, to give himself. That meant something for Mary, who was going to be his mother. And it meant something for Joseph, his father. Their lives changed forever. And it means something for you too, your life. We can keep running away. We do that sometimes, don't we? And we can say, not too close, God. Or we can open the doors of our hearts and say, come in, Jesus. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for being born for me. Please forgive my sins. Please give me your spirit that I may live with you close always, forever. Too close? There's no such thing with Jesus. Keep him always close with his word and forgiveness as your constant companion. I suspect you'll need it in this journey called life. Let us pray. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed soft undefiled. 
within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that your Son, the eternal Word, has become flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. Extend his praise into all the world, that with us many would come to hope in his steadfast love. Lord, in your mercy. Send forth men to publish your peace and bring us your good news of happiness. Keep them faithful to declare your gracious reign in Christ. Bless the work of missionaries at home and abroad, that all the ends of the earth may see your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. As our families gather in this holy season, give us patience that we may be slow to judge and quick to forgive. Comfort the lonely with your presence and help us extend the welcome of our homes and the friendship of your grace. Make us mindful of those less fortunate who celebrate this blessed feast in poverty and want and teach us to be generous. Accept with our offerings the living sacrifice of our bodies to your service and our voices in praise and thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Your Son upholds the universe by the word of his power. Grant our nation to walk humbly before you. Bless our soldiers who stand watch this day. Keep them in safety as they serve us, and uphold their families while they are apart. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, guard and keep all who are sick, lonely, overwhelmed by grief or poor in spirit, especially Sharon Gerber, hospitalized in Green Bay, Tom, Sue, and Dawn, who are ill, Mark in long-term rehabilitation, Deborah for continued management of her illness, Heather, Cora Lee, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, William, Doris, Lloyd, and Timothy, all in treatment for cancer, Eleanor and Dorothy in hospice care, and the families of Gary Yerk, James Shoup, Judy Mayer, and Norman Yago, that they may be comforted and healed according to your good and gracious will. Let them look to Jesus Christ and be reminded that he is the light no darkness can overcome. Lord, in your mercy, grant that we may come worthily to receive the body and blood of Jesus with faith in his bodily presence for us that we may depart with grace upon grace from his fullness. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for all your people who have gone before us and now rest in your presence. Keep us faithful with them until that day when you make all things new. For you live and reign with Christ in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the offering and the signing of the Friendship Register.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have given us a new revelation of your glory, that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may know and love those things which are not seen. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.